You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Jets fans, welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. It is your host Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow all of my personally terrible takes at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. We're available wherever you are. Doing any of these things does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's show, it is actually finally time to start talking about Winnipeg in uh, the uh, the practice arena, right? We've got actual lineups. We have some stuff that's going to get a lot of people excited, some folks kind of annoyed, and we're going to break down what I think of the line combinations, what I imagine we're going to see on opening night, and some things to get ready for over the next couple of weeks as the Jets news starts to ramp up. Per Ken Weeb, had a couple of practice lines today from the forward groupings, and I'll tell you what they are and and my thoughts on them. Um, The first group has Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler, and then you've got Veselainen, Lowry, and Stastny. So automatically we already know that Connor, Shifley, Wheeler is probably going to be a thing again, and like the CSW line is not really my favorite for a lot of reasons. I've talked about it at length, I think you understand. Defensively, this line is always a train wreck, and then offensively it just doesn't seem like oftentimes they're really on the same page, right? Connor's a great individual scorer, but unless Shifley or Wheeler is spoon-feeding him, it can be hard for him to create offense on his own. Where the issues really rear their ugly head, though, is once they're in the defensive zone. And, and maybe that's going to be different this year if, if Wheeler's a step faster, if Shifley actually backchecks, and Connor even does a little bit of man-marking. But overall, I think we know what the result's going to be. We've had plenty of samples over the past couple of years. This CSW line is not exactly new. The one that is a little bit more intriguing is Veselainen, Lowry, and Stastny. This unit we haven't really seen before. Uh, Veselainen, I was kind of favoring on like a third-line role with either Kopp or Lowry. Uh, Putting them with Stastny is kind of interesting, right? Because I don't think Veselainen is like a super-fast skater, and neither is Stastny. Lowry's kind of in the same boat of being a big lumbering beast. I wouldn't say he's like super slow, right? But this is a line that's very clearly looking to grind along the walls, look for good passing seams, and maybe pick a corner here and there. Um, I I think it's going to be set up a lot by Lowry's forechecking, and then you've got Stastny's vision and distribution. So... I like this unit. I think Veselainen might be a little bit overmatched in terms of like really high-end quality of competition, but I feel like he might be able to be insulated by a really good center and another guy who's very savvy when he's in possession. My my sum takeaway is that the first line is probably the one that's going to stick together, and it's the one that, of course, always gives us a lot of heartaches. As as much fun as they can be together, which that first line will score a lot at even strength, it's, it's more like what they can see at the other end that gives us the heartburn. Um, the second line I don't think is going to be one that sticks together. I would imagine that Cop and Lowry go back um, in a unit pretty soon here. It just always seems to be what Maurice wants, even if in my mind that that combo doesn't really work out all that well. We'll see if he sticks to not having Cop and Lowry on the same line, but I would not hold my breath given the history of this team. The second training group that we had at forward was Cop, uh, Dubois, and Ehlers, and then Harkins, Nash, and Svechnikov. Now, Cop, Dubois, Ehlers... That's a mean line. That's going to be like Winnipeg's best overall unit on either forward or defense. 
this trio is going to be absolute dynamite. You've got Cop, who's an excellent four-checker. You've got Dubois, who's really great in tight spaces and uses his big frame well in front of the net. And then I don't really have to say anything about Ehlers that isn't already abundantly clear. This guy is amazingly good in possession. He's one of the best skaters with the puck in the NHL. He's got incredible vision. His shooting percentage was definitely on the higher end last year, but, you know, I think this year... I would still expect a pretty monster season from him. So I think this unit's going to be almost a little too good. I might think about trying to move some players around and maybe make it a little more balanced. But if CDE stakes together, I love this line. The second unit is interesting. Harkins, Nash, Svechnikov, I, I could see being a fourth line. I think Svechnikov probably has a lot of work to do just because it's been rare that he's actually been able to play a full season. In fact, I don't know the last time that he did. And, you know, of course, the the surgeries and injuries that he's had have been pretty significant. So I don't know where he is health-wise at this stage. Maybe he's still got something left in the tank. It'd be interesting to see him in a fourth-line role, maybe given some support to uh, Nash and Harkins. Harkins, I was kind of disappointed by the past couple of years. I feel like defensively his game took a step back. And offensively, I mean, he can still contribute, but it's not at a level where I particularly care where he is in the lineup, just as long as it's not in the top six. I feel like if he's getting ice time, it's fine. He's a fourth liner right now, and maybe he's got some upside, but either way, he'll be paired with Nash, which I actually think makes a lot of sense. Riley is a really defensively oriented center, a veteran mind, and and somebody who's actually pretty savvy. So I feel like in terms of like a shutdown fourth line, maybe you'll get something out of this. Nash can do a lot of the defensive work and then start to feed Harkins and Svechnikov. I don't know if Svechnikov will actually make it, though. I suspect Toninato, at least early on, will make it over Svechnikov just because Evgeny has a lot more work to do, and I would imagine that he's probably the more fringy kind of player. He was brought in on the PTO. It's clear that they're trying to figure out what exactly he brings, and uh, it's not clear that he's actually ready for NHL or even pro-level duty, at least right now. You know, his, his shoulder injury, if I recall correctly, was pretty serious the last outing, so I would think you'd want to be a little more careful and, and maybe protect him a bit. I'm very interested to see what happens with that line, though. The the bottom six is one of the ones that's going to have a lot of turnover compared to last year. I don't know if it's actually better. Appleton going away was obviously a major loss in terms of defensive reliability and somebody who could be an excellent PKer, but maybe this new unit won't be as bad as I think it is. Considering the pretty decent forward depth available to the Jets right now, it's actually a very solid unit on paper, but like Captain Blake Wheeler said in an interview earlier today, paper means crap right now, and maybe they're just going to have to burn it up. So we'll see how this unit does. I'm very curious about the first unit and seeing Veselina and Lowry and Stassing together. Maybe that's a good preview of what we'll see in the regular season, but again, it's not even October yet. I think it would be very premature to read too much into the forward groupings just yet. Up next, we'll take a look at the D pairings and then some of the prospects who are also playing together and getting some time on the ice. You can kind of tell which groups are going to be in the AHL and which are most likely pushing for an NHL spot. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. 
Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirecTV.com for more information. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now taking a look at uh, some of the defensive pairings and young prospects, talking about which of these guys might be more bound for the moose and which players are going to be playing an active NHL role. On defense, we've had a few early pairings. We've got Dylan Pionk, we've got DeMello and Stanley, and then we have Morrissey Schmidt. Now, in my mind, I feel like these pairings aren't exactly the way that I would arrange it. In terms of, like, Morrissey, I probably wouldn't give him Schmidt. I think Nate probably needs somebody like maybe Dylan. If it were up to me, I might have looked at something like, I don't know, this one's a little bit difficult, right? Because you need to give DeMello a lot of ice time. Dylan is probably one of our most valuable overall transition defenders and has a really positive 5v5 impact. And so he needs to be getting the bulk of the minutes with Josh Morrissey. Partly because Morrissey is going to be a sub-replacement level defender without him, right? You know, Josh really needs that high-end anchor pairing guy, and I think DeMello does enough to basically make Morrissey serviceable. What you do with Pionk is a bigger question, because I feel like Neil can really be a focal point of his pairing, so maybe you give him, like, Dylan. Maybe Dylan Pionk is fine to stay together. And then, I guess you could try, like, Stanley Schmidt. In my mind, I probably would have gone with, like, Heinle Schmidt or something. I feel like you want somebody who can actually keep up with Nate and be the more defensive-oriented option with Schmidt. Now, Stanley could actually play a sort of, I guess, defensive stay-back role in that scenario. I don't know that I would really want to rely on that, just because I think a lot of what Stanley does best is when he's activating in the offensive zone and using his bomb of a shot, right? When he's in the defensive zone, he often gets turnstiled by smaller, more agile forwards, so you kind of want to maximize his value at the other end of the ice. Pairing him with Schmidt would kind of make him second fiddle in that relationship, so I don't know if that's really the best pairing. In this case, I feel like Schmidt needs a really smart, high-end D partner who can kind of keep up with him and essentially anchor the left side of that pairing, which for me, that would be Heinola. I think Vili would be the perfect candidate. You know, these guys would, I think, work really well together. You could probably shelter Heinola in deployments with a couple of other guys, maybe some time with DeMello, time with Pionk. I mean, you could freely swap these pairings and you'd have three really good pairings. I know that Heinola's early NHL sample was probably a little rougher than some of us were hoping, but if you want to shelter him and you want to kind of rotate these pairings around, I feel like this would be the best way to do it. Having Stanley isn't necessarily the worst thing. It's just that your utility with him is a lot more limited, so you need to be really careful with how you deploy these units. 
Um, one of the other D pairings that I did see being listed is Heine Leboyu. Now, this would indicate that both of these guys are definitely not really figuring into the starting lineups, or at least that's my guess. Beaulieu is definitely the seventh defender right now, and I feel like if we're looking at the roster as it is, I would imagine Vili is probably moosebound. I don't think that he's going to get a lot of press box time just because he actually needs to be on the ice and playing at a pro level, right? Any sort of stagnancy in his career is really not acceptable like it happened last year. On the prospect side of things, we see Cease, Gustafson, and Johnson all playing on the line. This is like Manitoba's first line, I would imagine, so I could imagine this being very much what happens in the NHL. And then the second line, you've got Perfetti, Toninato, and Milan. For a top six AHL forward unit, this is extremely talented. I mean, Perfetti and Toninato in, in line with Gustafson, right? I mean, that's a sick trio. And Malat, Johnson, and Cease can probably provide some sort of support either in offense or in some defensive coverages, you know, on top of this really good top six unit that they've already got. On the defense, we've got Sandberg, Kovacevic, Chisholm, and Lundmark. Um, in that order, those guys are paired together. So I don't think any of them are really pushing for an NHL spot right now. I think the only one who would probably have a legitimate shot is Sandberg, who could push for like a 7th D spot. I don't think that he will. I would imagine that the Jets probably intend to keep him with the Moose. Between him and Heinola, I think Vili is probably seen a little bit higher up in the, the food chain, but Sandberg tends to play a game that's a little more what Maurice tends to like. It would not shock me if, at the end of the day, the Jets elected to go with Sandberg instead of Heinola, at least for a short test trial period, maybe see if he can unseat Stanley. Looking at this team overall, I think it's, it's pretty solid, right? I mean, these practice lineups obviously aren't final. There's a lot that's going to change, I would imagine, but this will give us some early insight into what Maurice is thinking. And I feel like we've already seen some of these lines before, so it's not like super shocking. But over the next week and a half or so, we're going to get some really good chances to see guys who are going to be risers and fallers in the coaching staff stock. So I would hope that Veselainen can really earn his spot. I would love to see Svechnikov thrive. And if somebody swoops in and stuns us all to take Logan Stanley's spot on the defense, I don't think I would really complain. As nice as Logan is, and as much as he is actually pretty fun to watch, especially when he's shooting from the point, you know, he does have a lot of limitations to his game, and there are a number of candidates I would like to see take his spot, at least in the starting lineup. I feel like Stanley as a 7th D is nearly ideal. He fits everything that you want in an emergency reserve situation. He's more than capable of spelling somebody who needs a rest. I feel like that situation would be a lot more ideal, so if you want to rotate in some rookies... This would be the best way to do it. You have a number of NHLD who can kind of carry a pairing. You can probably get Heinola, Sandberg, and Stanley in. I'd love for somebody to push for one of those last D roster spots because right now the team is, is pretty darn good, but it could use that one extra little push. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the training camp roster so far. Be sure to let me know what you think of the lineup at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. In just a moment, I'll talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference and who I think might emerge victorious, especially as we're looking for true Stanley Cup contenders. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why RockAuto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on the Eastern Conference. Uh, In our previous episode we talked about the Western Conference and who I thought might emerge The Eastern Conference is a little bit trickier than the West. It's a lot deeper, in my opinion, and there are actually quite a few contenders. So let's talk about the teams that probably are really good, but not going to contend. I think Washington, the Islanders, and probably somebody like the Florida Panthers might fall in this category. And it's not because the Panthers are really bad or anything. I just feel like they have a really uphill battle, especially against Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay is the clear conference favorite. They're the divisional favorites. It's really hard to see anyone kind of surmounting them. Now, I do think the Panthers are probably the team best suited to really challenging them. The other team that I could see really pushing them is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Pittsburgh just continually is so good. It's really hard to bet against uh, Malkin and Crosby, Gensel, Brian Rust. That's a really good forward unit. And every year it just seems to produce at an extremely high level, even when they have injury spates. Now, uh, Malkin is actually going to miss a couple of months. Uh, He had some sort of an injury that he needed to get, I think, a little bit of surgery on, and it was just announced today. So his absence is going to be felt, but this team has kind of made it without him so far. So I think Pittsburgh, again, just kind of the more machine that continues on. The Caps are kind of a mediocre team, in my opinion. I feel like on paper they do a lot of things really well, but when you actually break down how they're scoring, where the offense is coming from, and whether or not their defense is actually great in critical situations, I feel like I don't really believe in them again. They're a lot like the Preds in many ways, which I don't think is a great endorsement of of their kind of hockey. I feel like they should have been playing more high-octane, higher-offense hockey. I feel like the style of, of being more boring and trying to be defensively oriented doesn't really suit that roster, but maybe they surprise us this year. In terms of other Metro Division teams that could be, like, total wild cards, I guess the Philadelphia Flyers would fit that category. I have no idea what I think about the Flyers. It just seems like they're a, a ball of chaos waiting to happen, right? If Carter Hart is even league average, that's a really good team. But if Hart's not really ready to step up to the plate again, I I would have serious concerns about what exactly that team is going to be doing this year. I think that on paper, their forwards and their defense are pretty solid, and they made some major trades and acquisitions to try and move some parts around. But overall, I'm just not in love with a, a team that doesn't really have a clear number one starter. The backup goalies that they've relied upon really haven't done the job either, so I look at that team and I see a lot of issues, stuff that's not really going to get resolved anytime soon. Uh, On the other side of things, you know, you've got the Atlantic division, and I feel like maybe Boston could be a nuisance. I think Florida is the only team that can really challenge their um, state partners in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Otherwise, that division is Tampa's to lose. It's really hard to imagine anyone else actually pushing for any sort of serious playoff contention um, beyond just making it right. Once you get in, you kind of have to go through a gauntlet of the Metro Division and then the Atlantic Division with Tampa Bay, and it's just not really likely that many teams are going to survive that challenge. I certainly wouldn't bet on the Habs making it. I don't think that there are many other teams in that situation that could really go as far as they did. The Suns are obviously not making it. Uh, almost no one aside from like Pittsburgh or maybe Washington could do it either, Outside, you know, in the Metro Division, right? Other than that, it's just really slim pickings for teams that can actually beat Tampa Bay. And I know Washington did it a few years ago, but that was a little bit different. This team now and the way that Tampa Bay has played over the past couple of seasons, I, really, the Stanley Cup is theirs to lose. I don't know if Colorado could even stop them, right? 
Tampa Bay's just built to score and built to win in the postseason. Even with the players that they've lost, it just seems like they always find ways to bring in somebody else killer at the trade deadline. They work some cap magic, and it's right back to competing for a Stanley Cup final appearance again. So, yeah, I still think Tampa is the team to beat. I have an outside shot at Pittsburgh making some real noise, but it's going to take a lot, and I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be unseated. I'd be curious to know who you think is going to emerge out of the Eastern Conference. Maybe you have a really surprised favorite like the Panthers. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts, Locked on Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!